0: 29th of August, 2017. Because we don't think about future generations, they will never forget us. Henrik Tikkanen. Good morning, dearest great-great-grandchildren. Having told you the story of our fire, David, after weeks of sorting through charred remains and the remains of once-useful tools, now burnt into strange, twisted shapes that would definitely be worthy of a place in the Tate Modern Art Gallery. Certainly the element Far has fashioned shapes far beyond imagination of man. The sad skeleton of the Silver Cross baby pram that once held generations of happy, gurgling babies was now a stark outline of its wonderfully built structure. Its use savagely burnt from it, leaving only the metal frame and springs and memories. Curiously, although all the other various tools and machines had changed shape in the fire, the pram had not. It was clearly recognisable for what it had once been. Memories are powerful things, charged with supernatural energy. Maybe that is what kept the shape intact. Or maybe Silver Cross pram chassis are the best in the world. After two large skips had been taken from the drive and after pushing seemingly endless wheelbarrow loads of burnt remains up the network, through the garden and past the house, this was an all-family task, and tipping them into the skips, and after hiring three log splitters to split the wood from the trees and distribute the enormous pile of wood chippings that the tree surgeon had left behind over the surface of the chicken compound. Much to the chicken's delight. Something else to scratch up. We then trundled the rest round behind the pond in the secret garden, where lies most of the remains of beloved animal companions. Laid lovingly to rest. The secret garden is a dog-free space to allow the children to roll and play, to picnic and play quiet games without the boisterous intervention of our dogs Rafa and Millie. The irony is that only after death are the dogs allowed in this space to be buried and remembered. One of the most irritating things about letting the dogs through, mostly when David is not about, as he is unrelenting on this score is that just as one settles down with a cup of tea and a jam sandwich or curled up in some shady spot with a good book the two dogs leap into the pond leap out and bound towards you they then have a good shake and settle down as close to you as they can two steaming dogs smelling like two piles of wet wool washing as far as they are concerned, that is never enough and to complete their contentment and bliss, a liberal lick all over your face and any other areas of your bare skin that is available with an algae-covered tongue is mandatory, as far as they are concerned. The only option open to you now is to get up and go up to the house to have a shower, soggy jam sandwich abandoned, but not for long after I leave, I suspect, and a very damp book left to dry out in the afternoon sun. We were almost ready to replace our losses, at least the ones we absolutely need. With regards to the chip wood chippings, you can imagine how many there were. Having had to have five very large trees failed about a week after the tree surgeons left. David passed the pile before it was distributed around the garden on his way down to the chicken compound. He gazed at the top of the very large pile and fancied he saw steam or smoke coming out of it. As he walked up to the top of the pile, he could feel heat coming through the soles of his shoes. It was smoke or steam. It was smouldering inside. He bolted up to the house, rushed to ring the fire brigade again. We are beginning to build quite a relationship with them. It was not long ago that David had taken a crate of beer round to them to thank them for the way they handled our fire. They must have thought, oh no, not them again. A family of pyromaniacs. They came and doused it and raked the chippings all over the lower garden. Another disaster was prevented but the heat at ground level did severely damage two of the hazels in the nut walk. The nut walk is an ancient part of once was, a much longer nut walk, that was destroyed when developers bought nearby property. Sadly those parts were not on our land so we were powerless to prevent it but the little we have on our land we value highly and we are hoping to extend it by curling it away from our boundary where it now ends and then continuing it on through to what used to be our small kitchen garden. We will put a picket gate from there into the secret garden where the pond is. The pond is actually more of a frog bog but we love it. It is situated in a very quiet corner, surrounded by beautiful and very large trees. It is a green leafy spot in the summer, somewhere peaceful to go and reflect. In the autumn, it is a golden, fiery room-like place, and in the winter it is brighter and dramatic, with the strong majestic outlines of the branches and trunks, allowing the steely winter light to steam in. At this time of the year, it means hard and chilly work, David goes into the pond with his waders and removes the leaves that have fallen in. It is better to do it in the winter so as not to disturb the frog, toad and newt spawn which comes into the pond in the spring. The hazel trees, the size that would work for us, to extend the nut walk will cost £50 each and we need about eight or nine. David and I have decided that we shall for the next few years buy each other nut trees for Christmas and birthday presents to make this extension possible. We were finally paid some insurance money to replace the sheds and today is the day that we are going with the two youngest children, Jonti and Rosie, to look at sheds and possibly buy them. We are now about to go and I will speak again later. Well had a very successful morning. David has ordered the shed that he wanted and instead of two other sheds we decided a greenhouse would be a more useful way of spending the money. We found a nice inexpensive one that would meet our needs. One of the garden centres that we visited had a large section that sold birds. It was so distressing to see so many birds in small cages and particularly a parrot, who was not for sale, but had been kept in a very small cage in the shop, because he is very chatty and calls out hello to everyone who walks in. Anyone with a heart or eyes can see that this bird should be flying free in its country of origin, not taught words to bring in custom to encourage more consumerism. Birds are wonderful creatures. God gave them wings to fly high and wide. I always say that if, not, if I were not a Christian, and if I embraced another faith that believed in reincarnation, I would request to come back as a bird. To fly anywhere high and wide must be so liberating and at the cutting edge of experience. It always amazes me how the little birds fly miles to get away for the winter and find their way safely back again in the spring, to the exact spot from which they left the autumn before. It just reminds me of how wonderful God is and how magnificent is his creation. Instead of keeping caged birds, why not go out and watch them in their natural habitat? Sadly, There are so many things that stop people from enjoying this activity. Things like consumerism, technology, excuses about the weather, work, laziness, lack of time, urban living, access, shopping and the most life disruptive thing of all is the internet and social media. These seem to be the main things that stop us enjoying nature and our beautiful unending and changing world. I hope in your time, my great-great-grandchildren, people will really enjoy the world God has given them. I truly pray that you are not living in a grey and dying world because of us. The thought of you living in a world that never sees a bird on the wing and the enormous diversity of birds that there are is an incredibly sad thought indeed. All this talk of our feathered friends... But there is one more story that I must share with you. For some weeks, we have had a pigeon sitting on the nest in the grapevine, overhanging the ramada, just outside and above our back door. A position not given much thought by Percy Pigeon and his mate Patience. David named her Patience because she has been sitting on this haphazard bundle of twigs that Percy had been dutifully and painstakingly bringing to the site for weeks, We cannot work out how on earth she is staying in the nest. It looks so precarious. However, there she is, sitting patiently waiting, while he brings more sticks and berries and food. A week ago he stopped coming, and we fear he has either become bored or has concluded that his house building skills are not good enough, or something more sinister maybe has happened to him. We really hope not. We just hope that he's having a boys' week away. However, much to my surprise this morning, David found a pigeon fledgling down through the garden under the big holly tree. He was apparently flapping about and unable to fly. Lucky the day is Nick's day off and she is a bit of a verb whisperer, as you'll probably guess by now. She's been feeding with a syringe all day and at present it is warm and snug in an old clean guinea pig cage. Her next job is to give it flying lessons. We will all be out in the garden to watch that one. The Toad Between the curb and the camber's rise lay my world of earth and leaves and other things. Danger was written in my childish tread and in my mother's voice Don't cross the road. Still I would crouch close to it, my horizon fish eyeing, the rain would wet my world of huts and pies that were thatched and marked with twigs eye bound. Then one day I saw a flattened toad and played with it, his death denying. It was nearly dry with one moist, sunken eye. I left him baking on the ground. After my lunch, I saw a shroud of flies have made an opaque casket of their wings. Then I accepted. Toad was dead. And cried and cried, as only a child can cry. That's the poem written by my partner David.